You're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by Edna Keep. Edna is the CEO of 90 Days to 5K. Did I get that right, Edna? Yeah. Thank you so much for joining the show and and, uh, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Sterling. It's my pleasure. And can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into real estate and, and what you're doing today? Sure. Uh, you know, I used to be a financial advisor uh, for about 15 years. And when uh, some clients actually were coming in to redeem their mutual funds to invest in real estate, and I'm going, really? You would, you want to invest in NASA class? It's going to pay you like 3%. And then one of them took uh, some time to uh, educate me on, uh, on you know, he I think he said he had around 50 doors at the time, right in our city. And uh, he said, you know, Eddie, you really should check it out. It's a really good... Uh, uh, second in- income source, uh, no- knowing what I was doing. So I checked it out. I went to a three-hour event one night that was in the city and then signed up for a three-day event. And then we signed up for um, longer-term mentoring and training uh, with the Rich Dad Poor Dad Group. Awesome. And what specifically type of real estate investing are you doing? Or were you doing mostly multifamily? Uh, we started out with single family, like most people do. But our our uh, our uh, premises long term buy and hold, and uh, all multifamily right now. Great. So, what what model are you buying multifamily with? Is it is it your own money? Is it through partnerships? Are you a syndicator? We use other people's money. So uh, my background as a financial advisor, I really got to understand what people are looking for when it comes to investing their money. And uh, yeah, so mostly investor capital that uh, that we work with. Okay. And like I said, is it a, is it a, a joint venture type of thing or are you joint typically? Venture. Yeah. Got it. Joint venture usually. Yeah. And, and the reason I ask is, um, you know, I'm, I'm buy and hold and I love to buy and hold everything forever. And, you know, I always say never sell, but you know, when it comes to syndicating apartment complexes, you know, when you, when you raise all this capital from all these different people and pull it together, typically they want it back at some point. So, so, you know, you, you, I always find us cutting the business plan short versus like, if, if it were all my money, I would probably just keep it forever. Well, we usually refinance and get them paid out that way, uh, pay them through uh, ongoing cash flow, and then the refi usually gets the balance out. And then what we do is we just keep them on as partners, and uh, then their percentage of the cash flow uh, reduces, and that's when ours cuts in is once they've been fully paid out. Awesome. Tell us uh, uh, about some of the deals you've done and some of the areas you're investing in and kind of help us understand the, the process and the product. Sure. Uh, so we, because we're in Saskatchewan, we started in Saskatchewan. We had initially looked in the U.S. back in 08, 09, because the markets were down so much, but we couldn't get financing, whereas we could get really good financing at home. And the markets were actually doing really good. Uh, just to give you an idea, our own personal home from between 2002 and 2007 had almost doubled in value. So we started out with taking out some equity of our own home to uh, to pay for our education and then also to uh, invest in the first couple of properties. Um so we started with singles. Uh, we bought a condo, a couple of condos right off the bat. And then uh, within a year and a half, we bought our first 24 unit building. So we had 50 doors within 18 months of starting. And we went from 26 to 50 in, in one shot because we bought a 24 unit. Sure. And, and, you know, it was so 
it was really undervalued uh, in our uh, economy at the time. We bought it for $75,000 a door, but the people who owned it had owned it for many, many, many years. So they felt like it was like the absolute height of the market, you know, and uh, they and the rents were they they were charging on average 425 rent and the market was was between 800 and 1200 for those units so it took us a couple of years to get everything up but uh, that's where we went with that so then we were able to refinance out uh, the, but what else we did with that property was we kind of converted it which at the time that was kind of the thing to do our realtor had told us that's what he was doing with some buildings that he'd bought and so we bought them at 75 a door and we condo converted and sold them out between 120 and 140 a door. Awesome. Now, where are you investing today? Are you still exclusively in Canada or have you? No, have you we, we actually out? just forayed into the US uh, in 2020. So we bought 82 units last spring in Memphis, Tennessee, and another 178 units this spring in March. Uh, under very undervalued there was a lot of uh you know deferred maintenance and vacancy so we got a really good price like 21600 a door um and then we will put in about 16000 a door for renovations and uh when when we first started working on those projects we thought well we'll get the rents up to 600 already we're getting rents of 800 for those units so really uh, a lot of forced appreciation there Awesome. Awesome. So going back to the introduction, was it 90 days to 5k? What what is that about? Tell us what that's about. So uh, it started out with our goal. So our goal was because we had no intention of giving up what we were doing. I was a financial advisor earning about 250,000 a year. My husband had a trucking business earning between 100 and 150. We're happy. And uh, we, so we had no intention of giving up our, our full-time incomes, but we thought if we could earn an extra 5,000 a month and, you know, we were so naive, we had no idea how long we said, I don't know. Cause they were asking us to set a goal when we sat down with them to, to buy their program. And we said, looked at each other and went, I don't know, 5,000 a month in, I don't know, five years, 10 years. Is that realistic? That was our kind of thought process. We didn't know. We hit it in 18 months. And so then when I started talking to different people, because people kept coming out to me, how'd you grow so fast? How'd you grow so fast? And so that's actually how my program developed. And the, the premise there is in 90 days, I can teach you the strategy we use. Okay. That, so you're not going to have 5,000 a month in 90 days, but you'll understand the strategy. And most of my students are hitting it between the 12 and 18th month, 18 month mark. Great. And what, what exact strategy do you, do you teach? Well, there's uh, it's long, long-term buy and hold with multifamily. So multifamily as in commercial, uh, commercial mortgages, five units and above. Uh, we, you know, we've bought turnkey properties where they are, they're fully financeable right to the max right at the beginning. And then we've bought uh, properties where we've uh, paid cash and then done the, the uh, repair and renovate and then refinance, paid out our investors and then carried a long-term mortgage with it. So our favorite is the BRR strategy with the, uh, with the long-term. So if, if the quicker we can get our investors paid out, the quicker we can get our cash flow. And also we can maintain higher ownership positions in the properties if we get our investors paid out quickly as well. Awesome. So what do your typical investors look to get as a return? Uh, We talk 
nine to 15%. Okay, great. Over, over what, what hold period? How long does um, it take well, we, you to get We generally hold long-term, but how we work it is we pay them back out of the cash flow of the property and then the balance in when we refi, usually between year five and seven, somewhere around there. We've done it in as low as 18 months, like, like on a building that was fully occupied, but we we're turning the tenants and turning the units. So we've done it in, in 18 months. Um, but Typically, if it's if it's a longer term strategy, it's between year five and seven that we can get everybody paid back. Awesome. So where what part of this process did you start the education? You know, in I started it in 2014. So we started investing in 2007. By that time, we built our portfolio, I think, to around 350, 400 doors. And people just kept asking me. And, and I started out with just a few friends sharing with them what we had done. And then, you know, I could see that, you know, just talking about it and actually showing them the process was you know, they had to really commit to learn the process. And so that's when I started charging for it and making it a business that I could teach people because, you know, you can watch YouTube till the cows come home. You can listen to podcasts till the cows come home. A lot of, and a lot of people do, and it's a really, really great start, but you have to have a system in place so that things actually happen. Because I've, I've seen people, Sterling, you probably have too, join a real estate investment club, show up every week or every month to the meeting, and five years later, they still own nothing. Like I've seen <laughs> yeah. that right in the rich dad, poor dad people that we took our training with. Some would come to the meetings, never bought anything. Most people, though, I found would get stuck at about four doors. And they would say, well, how'd you grow so fast? How'd you get so many? And there was a few things that we did differently than most people did. And one was, we didn't do our own property management. We didn't deal with our tenants and toilets. Uh, We hired that outright from the beginning. Because we were already making good money, it didn't make sense for us to do a $15, $20 an hour job, right? So that I realized was one of the biggest things. We weren't stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. They were, people were, you know, saving their hundred bucks a month, a unit (laughs) and and not having the time to even think about what else they could be doing, you know? And, uh, and, and we were open to opportunities. We were open to learning. We were open to listening. I still remember the first time we got presented with an apartment building, I'd said to my realtor, we want to buy 20 houses this year. We'd already bought a bunch. We needed to do joint venture partners going forward. And he said, Edna, why don't you just buy an apartment building? And I said, oh, I can't. I don't have enough houses. You know, I think I played Monopoly too much when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, yeah, you can. And I go, really? Do you own some apartment buildings? Yeah. And then he was the one that taught us. I said, well, okay. Do you have any that are for sale? And he said, as a matter of fact, I'm just doing <laughs> this one tomorrow on the MLS. And I said, well, what would it take to, to get it before it hits MLS? He said, it'll take full price offer, which was the 75,000 a door. So I wrote the offer before I left his office that day. And uh, 24, 48 hours, I can't remember how long we had it under contract. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, there's so many things there that that I agree with. Um, first of all, the property management, uh, I cannot echo what you said enough. I've managed everything on my own when I started up to the first 26 units. And when I gave away the 
probably because I didn't want to let go. You know, I was like doing the math in my head. I'm like, man, I'm losing four grand a month letting somebody else manage it. But like my wife hated me. I hated my life. I was I hated my tenants. I, you know what I mean? And I, I always joked that the day I gave away property management, I felt like I bought a shiny new car. Um, and I will never go back. Uh, and, and I've grown exponentially since, you know, as a result of freeing up that time, you know, it's like, well, what do you, he, he, the, the funny thing, and we don't talk about this enough, but like, realistically, I, I was a bad property manager. Like I was, <laughs> you know, like let the professionals do it because I don't know how to fix anything. And when I would get a call that there was like a leak at nine o'clock at night, I'm like, oh shit, I need to drive over there and look at it. But like, I can't fix a leak. Like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) I'd get over there and call the plumber. You know, so it was, um, I would certainly like in retrospect, like I would probably have gotten burnt out by now. If I'd have kept managing, I would, I mean, I wouldn't have had time to find other deals and, and and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't want them anymore. So that's, that's absolutely, um, that's absolutely a hundred percent agree with the property management aspect. The other thing that, you know, it's that caught my attention is, is, you know, your, your journey to the education piece, because, you know, real estate gurus and educators, you know, they kind of get a bad rap sometimes. And, and, you know, but if, but a lot of folks that I know fell into it very organically from a very like, like good spot like you did, you know, and I'm starting to feel that already where people are like, people are nonstop knocking down my door asking me and I don't do any kind of coaching or, or education or training, you know, but, but I try and help as many people as I can. And it gets overwhelming trying to help everybody and nobody listens and nobody does like nobody That's commits. Hard, isn't it? That's why you need to get them to pay Sterling because when they pay, they're committed and the rest They'll just they'll drain you and waste your time like crazy. That's the thing I found. And uh, and yeah, and it's it's so funny because when you say waste your time, I want to be clear to the to the uh, audience that like it's like you're not when you say waste your time, you just mean that they're not going to help themselves be successful. Exactly. It's not anything that they owe you or you're trying to get from them. So yeah. like when you go out and try and help you, cause like at some point you, you genuinely do just want to go out and help people. And it, like, it has been incredibly impactful in my life. And I begged my best friends and family members to do it too, because I'm like, man, there's, just, you know what I'm saying? Like it's lonely by the pool by yourself. Like yeah. I want everybody to have this freedom. And, yeah. and so you, you try and help really not expecting anything in return or wanting anything in return. But then when they're not willing to help themselves, that's when you feel like, oh, well, now I've wasted my time. Not like you, you were expecting to get anything out of the, the you, you said that exactly right. So because it, it feels like that. And, and, you know, and the thing is without a system to follow, they're probably wasting their own time. You know what I mean? Like if they don't have an exact system, okay, do this, then this, then this, then this, then they're just continually spinning their wheels, watching this uh, YouTube, watching that. And, and of course there's a ton of different information out there. Everybody has a different strategy and, and, and lots of them are like amazing strategies, but you can't focus on 10 strategies at a time. Right. You have to pick your lane and you have to stay in it. And until you have some success, then add to it. Like, of course we do nowadays, but pick a lane and do it. Don't th- keep thinking that, 
oh, that shiny object over there looks <laughs> easier because it's it's not easier. It's It might be yeah. different. It might initially sound easier, but there's work involved in every single strategy. So you just have to pick one and then do it. Absolutely. Do y'all still have any of the houses or do y'all do anything with houses anymore? We kept all the ones, like with a few few that we got rid of over the years, but we kept uh, all the ones that we initially bought on our own. Yeah. yeah. We bought a bunch of joint venture partners that we got out of, uh, but we still own them. And, you know, we can't qualify for any more mortgages. So it was like, tenants are paying for it. You know, why wouldn't we just keep it going, you know? Sure. Um, but uh, we only buy multifamily nowadays. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, uh, um. If you had to to give one piece of advice to somebody who was out there thinking of getting started, um, what would that be? Get yourself educated and and not as in I'm watching YouTube 24 seven, because most of those YouTube videos are designed to, uh, you know, give you just the bare minimum. You need to be in a program that gives you an A to Z and hire a mentor because that's the other thing too. A lot of people don't see their blind spots. Uh, We can hold them accountable and, you know, and just show them, okay, this has to happen. This has to happen. This has to happen. And then you can own a building. And when they, when they've actually got a system to follow, it's, it's not rocket science. You just can rinse and repeat after that. Absolutely. What was your favorite deal? so far uh you know well well i think one that we're working on right now is going to be my favorite the one i was saying we paid 21600 a door but it's just in the beginning so we're not seeing any of the fruits of our labor yet um but i would say we we bought 144 unit in uh, northern saskatchewan small town like 3000 people um but it's it's the gateway to the north which is just everything like oil and gas and uranium and you know just just everything up there and i'm from northern saskatchewan so not that far north but um we bought 144 units at around 40,000 a door that was uh uh, that was four years after we paid 75,000 a door in Regina remember I mentioned that mm. when we bought in the city so we paid 40,000 a door we got it fully financed 85% financing uh, from uh, uh, CMHC insured mortgage um, and then we were able to it just through cash flow alone we knew we'd have our investors paid out in uh, four and a half years so w- myself and managing partner own 60% the investors own 40 raised 1.2 million dollars 36 months later we paid them back in full each got a really nice payday 400,000 each from the refi and we still own those buildings today and uh, earn we earn between 6 and 9,000 a month on that like just our share and that's not including mortgage pay down which our share i believe is around 80,000 a year awesome yeah we get so caught up in the cash flow that we really like don't pay attention to like like it's going up in value every year and I'm paying the debt down every year. Your so tenants there's, are, yeah. There's yeah. these invisible mechanisms in the background that are contributing to our wealth. Right? Yeah. Little soldiers working for you. You know, we're at the point now that we make between 25 and 30,000 a month, just a mortgage pay down alone. And, and just to put that in perspective, when we took our rich dad course 14 years ago, we paid 27,000 US. Now we make that a month in mortgage pay down. Cause you know, people go, oh, I don't want to pay any money for education. I don't have any. 
we don't regret it for one second. And you know, you know what was funny? Back in the day when we were taking that training, they were in the news all the time. Oh, these courses are rip-off. People are getting <laughs> ripped off. They're paying all this money and they're not. And, and I would get on these different forums and I'd go, I took the same course. We're, we're at, you know, 50 doors in 18 months. Like, yeah. don't say the program doesn't work. Yeah. You don't work, you know? Right. <laughs> and I would even argue with people like, what? I took the same course. Like, really? You want to blame somebody? So if you're going to take a course, you also got to take responsibility because, you know, we had our hands held. We had, you know, nights when we were very nervous and scared about what we were doing on our next step, but having a coach and having a system to follow made all the difference for us. And have we had challenges? Yes, we've had challenges, but every one is every challenge you go through is designed to make you grow. And and it really just allows you to think bigger. Have you ever played the game Cashflow 101? Yep. Robert Kiyosaki's game. You know what it it feels like? You got it there? I got it somewhere around here. I I, right now I buy my students that as a gift whenever they sign up with me. My my dad bought it for me some years back when I first, uh, I, I, after I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I made him read it. And then like the next time he came over, he goes, hey, I got this game. I saw it was this. Well, you know what it's like when you flip that page and you're out of the rat race? Mm. I always tell my students, you know what? That's what I want for you. Because when you get out of the rat race, you don't have to go to that old job every day and every day and every day. Your mind just expands. Then there's a $5,000 deal and a $10,000 deal and an $8,000 deal. Remember that? And then you still have challenges. You get, what is it? An audit. You lose half your cash. You get divorced. (laughs) You lose half your cash. Like there's bigger challenges, but you you can just deal with them on a better level at that point. Also focus a lot on mindset in my course, because I believe every time you're going through a growth spurt in your life, new level, new devil, you go from 50,000 to 100,000, new level, new devil, you go from 100,000 to a million, new level, new devil, you have to change your mindset, you have to grow. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, A lot of the, you know, that that people don't, it, it, I forget who said it, but there's this old quote that like, if, if education was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs. Like we all know, (laughs) we all know, like, you know, you have to not eat sugar and you do a thousand sit-ups, but like how many of us are willing to not eat sugar and do a thousand sit-ups, you know? So there's a, I I can't express that enough. And, And I'm big into mindset development. And, you know, a lot of my friends over the years have called me hokey when they'll see me reading the Tony Robbins and with my vision boards and writing my goals over and over again. But, you know, I've said it a million times, but, um, every successful person I know lives and dies by that stuff. And every unsuccessful person I know can tell you how stupid it is. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree with you, Sterling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Hey, and, and, you know, you mentioned before, what, what's an, uh, some advice I'd give? Get around like-minded people. Because if you're writing your goals out and everybody around you is going, hey, you're an idiot, you're goofy, you're, you know, hokey, then 
likely you're going to stop doing it. But if you're around yeah. people, other people who are doing it every day and you're noticing the difference in them and the growth and what they're buying and, and what they're able to do, then it's not hokey anymore. Like I used to keep that kind of stuff secret to myself. Like I didn't yeah. want to tell everybody what I did because, you know, people would think I was hokey in my own house though. Sticky notes everywhere, <laughs> affirmations, you know. I still have my my oldest daughter's friends would say, and I do you remember when I started doing that too. And I have sticky notes. And now my youngest kids, they got sticky notes all over the mirror. I am beautiful. I am, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And 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 we used I used to hide it because I didn't think, well, I can't tell everybody that because <laughs> yeah. I'm a kook, right? But uh absolutely. I spoke at an event uh, a couple of weeks ago. And every one of the speakers on stage, every one of us talked about doing that and, and, uh, and, you know, and at times wondering, you know, is this going to work? And and then how important it's been for us to, to, for our success, to do that kind of stuff over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. So real quick, I want to hop to our radio real quick before we go into our radio round, have you noticed any differences investing in the U S versus investing in Canada? I mean, I know Memphis has some, some, um, shady areas. Um, and, and where I, where I, where I am down in South Louisiana, we have some rougher areas as well. Um, what is your experience? Is, is there anything that sticks out to you that like, when once you dip your toe in in the U.S. market, you go, oh wow, it's not like that in Canada, or uh, no? Because you know what, we have those same areas uh, in our own city. We have areas that we avoid, like the plague, because you know you, you and on paper your cash flow is good. Right. <laughs> the end of the year, it never is because it's I, like damages and skipped rent and I, skipped out. And I call so, it spreadsheet magic. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we we stay away from that area. We did buy one house in that area. We got it for free, actually, with vendor financing sure. and stuff. We didn't have to put any money down. We still own it to this day, and we actually have good tenants in there right now. But I keep it as a reminder because... First of all, it's not worth what we paid for it. Uh, <laughs> not worth it and even enough to sell it. A tiny little house. But, uh, you know, d- during the really boom times here, at one point, we got 2100 a month for that tiny little house. We furnished it, wow. you know, and now we get 800 But just different signs of the economy. Our, our mortgage payments, like 300 bucks. Like, there's just no reason to get rid of it. Um, sure. You know, we got, like I said, a good tenant in there now. The the one lady's disabled, but she takes very good care of it. You know, and and so, but but ongoing, we stay out of those areas entirely. Yeah. Awesome. We really like workforce housing, like people who work, as opposed mm-hmm. to social services. Gotcha. Real quick, I want to hop over to our radio round. Just three quick questions. Uh, the first one is, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is Robert Kiyosaki's book, Why Do A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government? And the reason why I like it is I was a C student. And really understanding the strengths of a C student as an adult was so important for me because in high school, none of those traits are celebrated. Sure. 
You know, I have a I have a rambunctious uh, older son that's that's having trouble at school, and my wife gets distraught over it. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome! Like, I got kicked out of all those schools too. Like, I didn't fit in that antiquated, you know, sit down and shut up for the next eight hours and face forward and pay attention <laughs> environment either. And so, like, when I see him pushing back, I get excited because I, 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 you know, I already know exactly the thought process that you're going with there. But he's happy to have you, Sterling, because I didn't get that. When I was a kid, it was like, can't you be more like your brother who turned out to be a teacher, by the way? And he is awesome. (laughs) So because I thought he was always so awesome, it was hard to, but hard to live up to it, you know, because I just couldn't be that person. I couldn't cater to the teachers. I wasn't, you know, getting the A's, didn't care if I got A's, you know, didn't, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be the one who would just sit there and be all nicey nice, you know, it was like, (laughs) You know, so, yeah, I'm so glad that you support him because um, he, he'll he grow up knowing that that kind of stuff can be a strength and not a weakness like you're taught in school. Absolutely. What is your favorite quote? And you said it's not the one that's behind you for those that are only listening on the podcast and not watching on the YouTube video. The quote behind you says, we always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years and underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10 years. Don't let yourself be lulled into inaction. And that's Bill Gates. Yes. Yeah. I do like that. And I keep it on my board to remind people because everybody wants everything right now, which is understandable. And when we started, we were thinking 50 doors, five years, we had 50 doors in 18 months. 10 years later, 14 years later, we have 778. That wasn't even in my wheelhouse when we started, like no idea what was possible. But my favorite quote is by Jim Rohn. And it is become a millionaire, not for the money, but for the person you'll become. Awesome. I love it. What is your favorite um, thing to do outside of work? Uh, I have a few things. I, I love reading personal development and studying personal development uh, and sharing it with my kids. My two youngest are 19 and 17 now. Uh, and But also playing cards, uh, love playing cards. I, we have friends over just about every single weekend to play cards. It's kind of- What kind nice of cards game. do you play? We play Canasta. Okay. I don't, I don't, I've never played Canasta. That I think that that's a little over my head. I used you know, to like- Not hard- and what I like about it is you can actually visit when you're playing with it. It's almost like a, an, a, an extended version of solitaire, like putting, you know, the matching cards you. together. But so it's not hard, but uh, and there's many different kinds of rules you can do to make it harder. <laughs> we keep it pretty <laughs> simple. But uh, yeah, it's fun for me. It relaxes me and, and uh, it's a good, nice, nice way to spend an evening. Awesome. Well, how can our listeners find out more about you, get in touch with you, learn about your education? The best way is my website, ednakeep.com. Uh, we've got uh, everything on there. I've got all kinds of videos and YouTube uh, videos uh, too. So you can find me on all the social media challenges if, or uh, channels if they uh, plug my name in. I have a lot of free stuff out there. Uh, and I just like to remind people that um, you know, it, it's a good place to start, but when you get really serious, then book a strategy call with me and we'll see if you're ready to take it to the next level. Awesome. And thank you so much for joining. I really enjoyed our chat and I, um, I'm excited that we connected. And I look forward to keeping up with you on your journey. Absolutely. Same here, Sterling. It was my pleasure. 
Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at RentRollRadio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at RentRollRadio.com or sterling at CrestworthCapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.